What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Episode 12. Can't believe we're done with 12 episodes already. After today, 30 artists will be done. We'll have well, we'll have covered 30 artists, I should say. I'm I'm done with obviously a lot more than that, but 30 artists covered so far in the podcast after today. Today is Rock Him and Ice T. <laughs> Rock Him and Ice T. So two big names there, obviously. Um I want to say right off the bat that Rakim is another one who's brought up a lot when you 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 know you ask people who the best rapper of all time and shit is. Uh, we'll see what my study shows us today, but the recognition for Rakim is obviously there from other people. Um, as far as Ice T, I can't really say that I've personally ever had anybody name Ice T as the best rapper of all time to me to anybody that I've ever asked. Um, I'm sure there are people that do say that, but I've never personally heard any. But, uh, I mean, nonetheless, Ice-T is obviously a huge legendary name in the hip-hop community in general. So, you know, best rapper of all time or not. Today is a major episode, if nothing else, just based on the names and statuses alone of the two dudes that are in today's episode. So, I'm curious to see what we wind up with today. First up, we got Rakim, whose debut album dropped in 1987. At that time, he was part of the group Eric B and Rakim. Uh, Eric B being Rakim's DJ. And you know that I like to always just give the shout out to the DJ, even though it's, you know, not really, not really affecting, uh, he's not not being scored today. Uh, Rakim is as an artist, but you know, he's the only MC in the group. So obviously the group of Eric B and Rakim does count. Uh, His birth name is William Michael Griffin Jr., also known as the God MC, Kid Wizard, Rakim Allah, and the R. Born January 28th, 1968 uh, in Long Island, New York, United States. Genre is listed as just hip-hop. Years active are listed as 1985 to present. Again, I'm I'm not aware of anything really new from Rakim. Um, he's had some, some recent verses in the, in the past couple of years, so... Uh, you know, present is valid, but I, I don't think he's had an album out in a bit. But nonetheless, still active in one way, shape, or form in the in the hip-hop game. So, a little background on Rakim here. William Michael Griffin Jr., born January 28, 1968, better known by his stage name Rakim, is an American rapper. He grew up in Wyandonk, New York, on Long Island and became involved in the New York City hip-hop scene when he was 16 years old. Eric B. brought him to Molly Mall's house to record Eric B. as president in 1986. Rakim is the nephew of late American R&B singer and actress Ruth Brown and one half of golden age hip-hop duo Eric B. and Rakim. He is widely regarded as one of the most influential and most skilled MCs of all time. Eric B. and Rakim's album Paid in Full was named the greatest hip-hop album of all time by MTV in 2006, while Rakim himself was ranked number four on MTV's list of the greatest MCs of all time. Steve Huey of All Music stated that Rakim is near universally acknowledged as one of the greatest MCs, perhaps the greatest of all time within the hip-hop community. 
The editors of About.com ranked him number one on their list of top 50 MCs of our time, which was between 1987 and 2007. Rakim began his career as the MC of the rap duo Eric B. and Rakim, who in 2011 were nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 2012, The Source ranked him number one on their list of top 50 lyricists of all time. So, right there, you see a common trend and theme in what went on, really, not only in Rakim's career, but for Rakim as an artist. I found it interesting how in KRS-One's background, you know, it was a lot of things that he stood for. And I feel like you kind of get the same here with Rakim. Yes, he does have accolades for sure. He did sell a lot of records. Uh, 2011, nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So there are things, but the things that stand out above those things is how many different people or um, you know TV channels or or magazine you know owners or whatever the case is. A lot of these people, you know, have rock him at number one or at least in the top five. So you can see that in the hip hop community, rock him is obviously widely regarded as one of the greatest of all time. Like I said in my introduction to this episode, I've had numerous people tell me that they think rock him is the best rapper of all time. Um, me personally, I didn't listen to Rakim too much growing up. I obviously had heard a couple of songs. And then I rem- you know, I remember even later when he did some stuff when I was in high school that I thought was dope and stuff like that, but I never really was like a Rakim fan or anything like that. We'll get into what my stance on that is after we break Rakim down. So, let's go to his list. Let's hit random and this is Rakim Stay a while. Okay, so a lot of things here right off the bat. Rakim comes right in. Just me and my peeps, we getting buzzed, looking for clubs. Misses with kisses and hugs, looking for love. So we see a pretty crazy rhyme pattern here of just me and my peeps, we getting buzzed. A, looking for clubs. A, misses. B, with kisses. B, and hugs. A, looking for love. A. So you got a A A B B A A rhyme pattern there, all fitting inside of a two-bar span. I believe that's probably the first time we've seen that particular rhyme pattern. They, the majority of them, four of them are one syllable, and two of the rhymes are two syllables. So I mean, in just the first two bars, you have six rhymes, you have two two-syllable rhymes, and then you have an A-A-B-B-A-A rhyme pattern. So 
obviously off to a great start there. Now, as far as what he's saying, just me and my peeps, we getting buzzed, looking for clubs, misses with kisses and hugs, looking for love. The whole thing makes perfect sense. It's clear what he's doing. They're drinking or blazing or whatever, looking for clubs, um, and they're looking for girls. On to the next. She gotta be nice with hers, even with cooking some grub. Once I'm in, I meet her friends, then I'm hooking my thugs. So, at the end of the second bar, love only rhymed the one syllable with buzz, clubs, and hugs. But in the third bar, he continues on the same rhyme pattern of looking for love, and he goes on with cooking some grub, which is a four-syllable rhyme. And then he goes to, once I'm in, I meet her friends, then I'm hooking my thugs, which is, again, another four-syllable rhyme. So really good stuff here in the first four bars from Rakim. This is all, obviously, they lead into each other well. All the lines make perfect sense. Um, he's obviously talking about a certain thing. Goes into, we'll be blowing hundreds, always knowing where the fun is. Road runners finding more spots than Columbus. Again, makes perfect sense. Still keeping the topic. Uh, you got hundreds, fun is, Columbus, and runners. So you got another four rhymes in the next two bars. All of them are at least two syllables. Then, pocket full of phone numbers. From some of the world wonders, I take my time and find where the right one is. So again, you have numbers, wonders, two rhymes on the next bar, two syllables on the rhyme. I take my time and find where the right one is. Again, two syllables on the rhyme. So another three rhymes there, two syllables on all of them. So through the first half of this verse here, the whole thing is about it's about one thing. A topic has been kept. Every line led into each other well. Every line makes sense. You got four syllables on some rhymes, six rhymes and two bars, uh, crazy rhyme pattern. So already halfway through an above average verse for sure from Rakim. Uh, seeing a lot of good things here. Let's see where he goes with it. Okay, so again, more good stuff here from Rakim. Smooth as jazz, but more than half, ready for math. And on a steady path like Betty Shabazz. In the first bar, you have three rhymes, all one syllables. Jazz, half, math. Then, in the second bar, he keeps up with that rhyme pattern, but he adds another two syllables to it. On a steady path like Betty Shabazz. So then he gets a three, two three-syllable rhymes in the next bar. So five rhymes, and two of them are three syllables. And when I see the whiz, I'm a step to my biz. And there she is. Let's see if she passed the quiz. So again, nothing too crazy on this one. You got whiz, biz, is, and quiz. So you do have four rhymes in two bars. Easy rhymes, one syllable. But again, everything's still keeping the same topic here. Everything's still leading into each other well. All these lines make sense. They're all about one thing. And even his line, you know, the two-bar sequence here where it's, Kind of almost like he, 
that was his version of taking two bars off and just kind of being simple. He still has the four rhymes in two bars where you're not just seeing the one rhyme per bar. Then he goes into, it's appropriate we go get soaking wet, which is crazy because you have appropriate, which is a four syllable word. And then we go get so kin wet. So he has a four syllable rhyme there. Then he goes into a part where he picks two syllables of those four, rhymes those, and then goes back to the original one and then rhymes another three with soaking wet. It's appropriate we go get soaking wet. Toast, we met, became close associates. So again, he's doing the same thing. So you have toast we met, just like appropriate. Toast we met, became close, which goes back to toast again. Associates, which goes back to toast we met and appropriate. So another four syllables on the rhymes there and he rhymes a whole bunch of things that are still in that four syllable rhyme in all the bars in between. So again, way above average stuff here from Rakim, different stuff here from Rakim. Then he goes on to say, the place is ours by now, I can embrace your style. So much flavor, I could taste your smile, stay a while. So again, he keeps the topic well. Every line leads into each other well and makes sense. And then you have now style on the first bar there, which rhymes. So two rhymes in the first bar. And then on the second one, he goes into taste your smile, stay a while. So that's three syllables on the two rhymes that are on the last two bars. So another four rhymes there, two of them being three syllables. So that's clearly... An above average verse there from Rakim. I mean, every bar, literally every bar had something on it that was at least slightly above average. And then a, a lot of, probably half of the bars had stuff on it that we either have never seen or was way above average. And the whole thing made sense. All the lines lead into each other well. They were all about one thing. He kept a topic. Let's see where it goes from here, but off to a great start with this song. Okay, so pretty much a lot of the same here from Rakim. We on the low mating, infiltrating, negotiating. So you got three two-syllable rhymes on the first bar coming in. We both making, which again rhymes with those, moves and dough, and mo's relating. So another two on the last on the second bar, but the last rhyme on the second bar is a five-syllable rhyme with negotiating and MOs relating. So you have three two-syllable rhymes on the first bar. Then you have, on the next bar, another two-syllable rhyme, and then he swings back to negotiating and goes with a five-syllable rhyme. So again, another crazy pattern here, another well-above-average thing. 
He's still talking about the same things, still keeping topics, still leading into each other well, all the bars. She ain't taking, I want it, but yo, I know she waiting. I throw the bait in, and before you know, we dating. Again, it's another dope line. It leads into each other well. He's got bait in, dating on the first bar, which is two two-syllable rhymes. He's got taken and waiting on the first bar, which is two two-syllable rhymes. Then I throw the bait in, and before you know it, we dating. So another two two-syllable rhymes on the next bar. And it, again, it all makes perfect sense. They lead into each other well. It's good lines. I want the format to the doormat. Contacts, fast callbacks, and all that. Again, same thing again. Another four two-syllable rhymes in the next two bars. They make sense. They lead into each other well. Your deepest ecstasy. See your accessories. Your secret recipes to your bare necessities. So you have two three-syllable rhymes on the first bar. Then you have another three-syllable rhyme on the next bar, and then again, he swings back to accessories with necessities and has a four-syllable rhyme. So now again, you got four rhymes in the two bars. Two of those four are four syllables, and the other two of those four are three syllables. So again, well above average here. Real good stuff from Rakim. All staying on topic, all leading into each other well. A lot more of the same here from Rakim. She real exotic, body feel like Lucille Roberts. Name brand closets, culturized products. Another four two-syllable rhymes here in the two bars. Claws like a scorpion, caught me in deeper, but juice sweeter enough to buy a two-seater. So you got claws like a scorpion A, caught me in A, deeper B, but juice sweeter B, enough to buy a two-seater B. So you got an A-A-B-B-B rhyme pattern now. And then you have two of the five rhymes are three syllables with scorpion caught me in. Then you have deeper, sweeter, and cedar, which are all two syllables. So five rhymes, two of them are three syllables, three of them are two syllables, and an A-A-B-B-B rhyme pattern. Every mile I plan to have your mind beguiled till it informs me more than you would normally allow. Another dope line. If you listen to what he's saying, every mile I plan to have your mind beguiled till it informs me more than you would normally allow. Now you have the way he's saying mile and beguiled, two one-syllable rhymes. Then he says till it informs B, me more B, than you would norm B, Ali allow. Back to A. So... Again, it's one of those things where he's putting the right words in the right places and flowing them the right way where till it informs me more than you would normally allow. He's 
exaggerating certain syllables and certain words that are placed in certain spots to where he's getting all these extra rhymes in between his rhymes because of the way that he's placing his words. This is just really dope stuff here. Everything has led into each other well. It's all kept topic. And the lines are pretty dope on top of it. And even when what he's saying isn't so amazing, the fact that he's able to keep the topic and put so many rhymes with so many syllables into such little places and still have it all make sense is super impressive. Raise more than an eyebrow with a flagrant style. By now I could taste your smile. Stay a while. So he kind of ends the, the verse off with the same kind of thing in the first verse, but he changed it a little bit. In the first verse, he said, so much flavor, I could taste your smile, stay a while. In this one, he said, by now I could taste your smile, stay a while. So you can see the whole picture being painted again of how it, it started off with him and his friends driving around, looking for clubs, looking for girls in the clubs, you know, getting a little fucked up. And then he runs into a girl and now it's gone off into that story where, you know, he's sweet talking this girl, whether he really likes her or not is not really the point. He's telling a story of, of what's going on now with this girl that he met at this place. Um, again, another, another above average verse from Rakim right there. And everything has been, you know, on topic and on point and stuff like that. So, I mean, unless he absolutely tanks this last verse, which I highly doubt, this song is going to get probably a very good score. So let's see how he finishes this off. Alright, it's looking like a lot more of the same from Rakim and you know I do remember this going on for a good chunk of his career. Uh you know, where pretty much every verse was on point to a certain degree. Uh, sometimes it's hard to fight it and not let us see me get excited. So again, two, two syllable rhymes on the first bar, but she know I like it. She know the deal like a psychic. So again, four, two syllable rhymes on his first two bars and a little play in the second bar, but she know I like it. She know the deal like a psychic. Not an amazing line, but a good line. Again, if you, you have a good line that's, there's so many things being done in not only the whole verse, but in just these two bars right here where you have a certain topic being kept. You have lines leading into each other well. You have four rhymes in two bars. You have two syllables on each rhyme. And on top of that, the line itself is good. So again, it's not an amazing line. It's not something totally ridiculous, but it's a good line coupled with all the other things that make the line even better. So off to a great start again here for Rakim. Mind is haunted because I always find her on it. She know what I want, where I want, and when I want it. So you got haunted, on it, and want it. So another, you have another three rhymes there. 
two syllables on two of them and really just one on the last one because it is the same word but i we're not going to really get nitpicky the whole literally the whole song has been murdered up to this point and this is not taken away from that at all i'm just trying to point out that it's not two syllables on every one of those rhymes but nothing negative here at all blowing up my motorola daddy you coming over she on the sofa holding a remote controller Again, he did something that he did earlier. So you have Motorola coming over. Two two-syllable rhymes on that bar. She on the sofa. Another two syllables. And then he goes with holding the remote controller. So he picks the one syllable of, of the hard O and uses remote. And then goes back to the two syllables with roller over sofa roller. So again, another four rhymes in two bars. Really five rhymes and two bars, four of them being two syllables and one being one syllable. Candles burning lower, favorite dish getting colder. She hot as solar, cause I told her I want to hold her. So again, all of this makes sense, all leads into each other while candles burning lower. Favorite dish is getting colder. Two two syllable rhymes. She hot as solar, cause I told her I want to hold her. On the last one, you have three two-syllable rhymes. Sola, tola, holder. So another five rhymes and two bars, two syllables on all of them, all lead into each other well, all make sense. Above average stuff again here from Rakim. Like Mr. Loba Loba, we had a hard day, ready to parlay. Her Thursday, obey everything that God say. Okay, let's play a while and I brace the style. So much play, I can taste the smile. Okay, so that's that song. Really, nothing but great stuff here from Rakim. He goes on to say. But her mission, she's sitting in one position like yoga. So now you have mission, sitting, position. A-A-A, like yoga, B. A TV show is on to top it off. She dead sober. So you have mission, sitting, position is A. Yoga is B. You have two syllables on all of these rhymes. Then you have show where he rhymes the one syllable in yo is on to top it off she dead sober b two syllables again so another six rhymes in two bars two of them is one syllable all the rest are two syllables again they all make sense they all lead into each other well pretty decent lines here holding the topic then i open the door up and kiss her on the shoulder she say i'm rolling like mr lova lova now, he's saying this, obviously, open the door up, kiss her on her shoulder, Sam rolling like Mr. Lova Lova. So, again, he's stretching the words a little bit where it's the way he's saying them, but we can clearly see from everything up to this point that Rakim is not doing this because he can't find anything to rhyme with these words. He obviously wants to say something. He's doing something in an artistic way. It's still two syllables on the rhymes. Um, he definitely wouldn't lose anything for something like that. Everybody knows what you're referencing when you say Mr. Lova Lova. I mean, it was a huge song at the time. You got to look at the time period that this is being said. 
We had a hard day, ready to parlay. Another two two-syllable rhymes in that in that bar. My Thursday obey everything that God say. Now we spoke earlier about how he calls himself Rakim Allah, and he's saying we had a hard day, ready to parlay. My Thursday obey everything that God say. Another four two-syllable rhymes in the two bars. Dope lines lead into each other well, all hold the topic. Okay, let's play a while, and I'll embrace your style. So much flavor, I could taste your smile. Stay a while. So he did go the entire song with keeping that one topic. He never strayed from that. There was no talk of really anything else other than, I won't call it a story, because it wasn't really a story where it had a beginning and an ending and all the things, you know, that come with a story, but... It was definitely a certain topic that was about a certain thing, and that was never strayed from. Um, the last two bars is really the same thing as the whole, you know, a lot of the rest of the song, or at least a couple of lines where he didn't go crazy. And, you know, his bare, it's crazy because his bare minimum in this song was really like four rhymes in two bars, or maybe only two syllables on the rhyme. So, okay, let's play a while. And I'll embrace your style, which is three. So much flavor, I could taste your smile. Stay a while. So another four rhymes in the last two bars, all of them three syllables. Another well above average verse from Rakim right there. And this is probably the first song that I would say right here. Now, I'm not going to go and say, that's a great song. That's a three. Because it wasn't one of those songs. But it was, it was above a good song. And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, the topic was kept the entire song. So he get it wasn't anything super original. It wasn't anything, you know, like a crazy uh, song title or a crazy like story or, you know, something that you would never hear anybody make a song about. Um, you know, it was basically about, you know, getting a little fucked up, going out, finding a girl and, you know, sweet talking her and seeing where things went from there. Um, but that being said, that's what the entire song was about. So it's, you know, again, it's not a good song just because of that, but it gets, you know, about a quarter of a point or so for holding the topic. Um, every one of those verses was without a doubt above average. Um, I would say maybe one of them you could pick that you could give him another quarter point for. So, you know, you're at about a one and a half now. Um, the other two were probably more near, I mean, you could really even argue if, if somebody did turn around and tell me that this was a great song, I, I would not argue with that. I would not argue with that. And I wouldn't argue with somebody saying that this is a good song either, which is why I kind of have it scored in the middle. Um, I think at least two of those verses, you could probably give him an extra half a point for, which raises this from a one and a half to a two and a half. Um, now again, when you listen to 80-something songs of Rock Him in a row, you start to pick up on certain patterns or you start to realize, ah, you know what? I haven't been giving him the benefit of the doubt on those last couple of borderline ones. I'm going to call this one a three or something like that because I want everything to even out. It's not about what song is a two or what song is a three. It's not about what album is a classic or what album is great or anything like that. What it's about is how many did they have? How many great songs did they have? How many classic albums did they have? Things like that. That's what matters. It doesn't matter which ones are scored in which way. So that's why when these things are being kept note of as I'm going along in my phone, things are getting, you know, two and a halfs and things like this. 
and everything is being played out the way that it should be played out. So this this is probably the first song that, that I would say was clearly above a good song to the point where, again, if you called it a good song, I wouldn't argue with you at all. That would be that would be the bare minimum of what this song was, really. It was a good song. Um, you know, maybe that's somebody that's not really into Rakim or, you know, whatever it is, you know, says, ah, it's a good song, you know, all right, cool, bro. Like, I'm not going to argue with that. But again, I wouldn't argue with somebody who called this a great song. I think it could go either way. And I think if the next song was exactly the same, I would have given one of them a three and one of them a two. Um, that's really the point of the whole thing that I'm doing is to make sure that everything is taken into consideration here and the math comes out in the way that it should come out at the end of the day. Now, with that being said, I don't remember off the top of my head that particularly being a song where I was like, oh, that was one of Rakim's best songs. You know, there's certain songs, obviously, that are going to come on when doing this that you you know the person probably got a three for this song. You know it was one of their best songs and stuff like that. I don't really particularly remember that being one of them. Um, Rakim did have great songs. I can't really say if that was one of them or not off the top of my head, but I do think that that was the first song that we've had so far on the podcast that was clearly at bare minimum, a good song and arguably a great song. Now into what I wrote down about Rakim when I studied him. I never saw anyone make as dramatic of an improvement as I saw Rakim make. Early on, he had hardly above average lyrics delivered in a somewhat dull manner. Later on in his career, he became one of the first rappers to rhyme a tremendous amount of words per bar and also dropped a lot of incredible lines from which a lot of rappers have repeated. He also showed the ability to use different rhyme schemes and multisyllabic rhymes. His albums were another thing that drastically improved later on. Of his first four albums, two were average and two were good. Of his last three, one was great and two were good. Rakim realistically only had about two great songs, but to his credit, through seven albums, he never ever put out a weak record, and he had another 22 good songs. Musically, Rakim's impact was as heavy as anyone in hip-hop. He was right up there with Big Daddy Kane as far as people recycling his lines. Most notably, Eminem and Cannabis took a lot of lines from him, but also artists like Big Pun, The Locks, Cormega, Snoop Dogg, Redman, Tupac, Big Daddy Kane, NWA, Everlast, Shaq, Havoc, Pete Rock, AG, Fat Joe, Scarface, and more were also influenced by him in one way or another. He's right up there with the select few as far as overall impact in hip-hop. As far as originality, I like that Rakim rapped about what he wanted to rap about and did it in his style. That being said, I felt like he somewhat limited himself in that department as most songs seem to be generally the same style. Rakim seemed a little more low-key as opposed to against the grain and standout, but still managed to stay respectively well above average in terms of originality. Now, as far as the things that I wrote down, you, you did see most of that in the song that you just heard from Rakim. That was a little bit later on in Rakim's that was past the halfway point of Rakim's career just so you get you know kind of a feel of when that song came out so it was a little bit later in his career um I'm not knocking the early stuff and I'm not trying to sound stupid by saying this but we're talking about technicalities here and technically um you know with stuff like that you know I spoke about 
in what I wrote down for him about how, you know, he would rhyme a tremendous amount of words per bar and, you know, showed the ability to use different rhyme schemes and multisyllabic rhymes. You saw all of that in the song that we just listened to. Um, and he just did it, you know, to a higher degree and with more consistency a little bit later on in his career. I won't really say at the end of his career, but, you know, more in the second half than was in the first half. Into the math of Rakim, lyrics six and a half. Again, I spoke about this last week, and I think I probably spoke about it the week before also. He's listed in my phone as a six and a half seven, whereas last week we had uh, Will Smith as a six and a half slash six. So now these guys are in the same bracket, which I know people are going to kill me for. But again, we can sit down and put on, you know, an entire Will Smith album, an entire Rakim album. I'm not saying Rakim finished behind Will Smith. I'm just talking about lyrically, just lyrically. Is Rakim better lyrically than Will Smith? Yes, he is. But they both belong in the bracket of six and a half, given the fact that 450 people are going to be in a 10 number radius. A lot of people are going to be getting the same scores. They belong in the same bracket. Want to get at me for it? Let's sit down. Let's listen to their songs and let's talk about it. I'm more than willing to do it. I've studied both of these people and this is the conclusion that I've come to. Albums, 4.20 with zero classics. Songs plus 0.22. As we spoke, he had no weak songs. Uh, I really don't even remember anything being anywhere near a weak song, which, um, you know, out of seven albums and I, I believe it was 80 something songs, you know, never even really coming close to putting out a weak song, even if he never had any great songs, which he did, is still a, a hell of a thing to be, uh, you know, impressed with. So. You know, he gets a plus on the song score there. Impact, nine and a half. Again, this is one of those things that there's just really no debate in this. In in every in every aspect here, when you talk about not only the people he influenced, but not only the number of people that he influenced, but who he influenced, um, the list is large. The names are large. And not only are the names large, but there are large names who took large numbers of lines from him that people probably don't even know. I bet you there's a lot of lines that Eminem and Cannabis have both said that a lot of people don't realize are Rakim's lines. Lines that they probably said, oh my God, this Cannabis line. Again, I'm not taking nothing away from Cannabis. Cannabis is an amazing lyricist. I didn't get up to him yet. I'm sure he's going to score well, but I'm not sure how many people realize how many lines some people took from Rakim. So again, as far as the list of people he influenced and the, the, the actual people he influenced, that's huge. Um, as far as him being a household name, now I wouldn't say he's a household name really outside of hip hop. If you have people that don't listen to hip hop, they might not know who Rakim is, but inside of hip hop, Rakim is as household of a name as you could get. Um, he's obviously an icon, a legend in the game. There's really nobody involved in hip hop that doesn't know who Rakim is. And probably, to be quite frank with you, there's probably really not anybody in hip hop that doesn't respect Rakim or what Rakim did um, in his time or for hip hop or whatever way you want to put it. So the impact score is a nine and a half. There's no getting away from that. And originality, he gets a seven, which. Again, it's not off the, you know, out of control because he didn't have that many songs that were, you know, that original in nature to where they were, you know, again, you got to look at some of the people that you're going against here. You got, you know, Beastie Boys and ODB and certain people like that. 
um, that, you know, Bismarcky that are going to obviously get huge originality scores. So for a guy that was really as quote unquote normal as Rakim was, to get a seven in originality is a good score. Uh, it's well above average. And he was really well above average in, in everything. We saw that in his song. Every bar was well above average. And now we're seeing it in his math scores. All of his scores are pretty well above average. You add all those numbers up and you divide by five, which gives you a final score of 5.48, which leaves him in drum roll, please. <laughs> 9th place of 114 artists done. So a great finish for Rakim right there. Uh, 9th place, which I believe makes him only the second artist we've covered to crack the top 10. Again, not saying that all these people are going to stay where they are because I'm only about a quarter of the way through. We have a long way to go. But, I mean, hey, ninth place, you're looking at Rakim... Most definitely finishing probably top 40, possibly being top 25, which people are probably going to ream me for. Oh, you're saying Rakim is maybe top 25? I don't know. Maybe he fucking stays in ninth the whole time. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people don't get in front of him. I'm just doing average math here. He's about ninth, about a quarter of the way through. So we'll have to see what happens. But again, top 10 finishes in, in this right now are really these people are going to wind up with great finishes one way or the other. Out of 450 artists, these people are going to be in the top 25, top 50. Um, I know a lot of people have trouble with that number, but you have so many artists. People forget. You try to ask. I've seen this happen on, on Joe Budden's podcast, actually, where it's like, all right, give me your top 50, and people name 200 people. Well, that's not a top 50. That's a top 200. Yeah, but this guy's got to be top 50. Well, not everybody can be top 50. That's the thing. Um... So again, just shout out to Rakim. Hats off to Rakim. <laughs> Ninth place of 114 artists done. Uh, top 10, well above average in everything. Um, as far as being a Rakim fan, which I said I would touch on a little bit later after we scored him, um, I, I am a Rakim fan. Uh, I didn't grow up on Rakim. I didn't listen to Rakim very much. Uh, you know, a handful of things before this study, but... When you really sit down and you study someone, especially from beginning to end, when you just sit down and listen to everything they have to offer without anybody else's interruptions, you really get a picture painted from that artist, um, or maybe you don't, and this is why some of them don't finish well, but you know, in an artist like Rakim, you really get a picture painted of who they were and what they were about and, and stuff like that, and like I said, the impact is obviously irrefutable, so... I, I am a Rakim fan. Uh, he's not one of my favorite rappers or anything like that. But, you know, if somebody turns around and asks me if I'm a Rakim fan, I would have to say, yes, Rakim was a well above average artist. Um, again, I think he's going to wind up finishing very high when this is all said and done. Maybe not as high as some other people have him, but I do think he's going to wind up finishing high. So big shout out to Rakim. On to Ice-T, who also had his debut album in 1987. He was born Tracy Lauren Marrow on February 16th, 1958 in Newark, New Jersey in the United States. Now, I want to say something about this really quick because we just had Rakim before this and he was from Long Island. Um, not a knock on, on Rakim at all, but again, following the same pattern that we've had 
for most of the time, with the exception of only Will Smith. Will Smith was the only one to not be from that local New York area. Um, now, what we have here with Ice-T is he's the first rapper that we're covering so far to be born in Jersey, but he doesn't represent Jersey or the East Coast. In fact, he didn't start rapping until he lived on the West Coast. So I'll talk more about that in a second, but I just do want to say that he is from New Jersey, but his origins listed as Los Angeles, California, because although he was born in New Jersey on the East Coast, he moved to California in eighth grade and didn't start rapping until he was on the West Coast. So he could technically be considered as our first West Coast rapper covered in this study so far. So Ice-T, a little bit, a little bit stepping out here, or I really should say a lot stepping out here from, from what we're used to. Again, born in this area, which may very well be how he got onto it, but still it was Jersey instead of New York and moved to Cali when he was a teenager. And I'm not saying he's the first hip-hop artist ever out of California. That's not at all what I'm trying to say, but out of the people that have qualified for this study, um, he's the first one that we're really seeing to represent California. His years active are listed as 1982 to present. Again, same deal as Rakim. I don't, I don't think uh, Ice T has come out with an album for a while, but he's probably just active in the hip hop community in general. Um, genres are listed as hip hop, gangster rap, heavy metal, and hardcore punk. If anybody's wondering why heavy metal and hardcore punk are in there, we'll get into that in a second. But he did have a band that really has nothing to do with today, but. You know, we are covering him um, really only as a rapper, but he is an artist. In the same way I shout out the DJs, I don't want to hide anything from anyone's career. I'm not going to get into his heavy metal career or his punk career, but I just, it, it's there. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more in a second, but it's not really going to have any impact on very much of what goes on with him today. So, a little background. Tracy Lauren Marrow, born February 16th, 1958, better known by his stage name Ice-T, is an American musician, rapper, songwriter, actor, record producer, and author. He began his career as an underground rapper in the 1980s and was signed to Sire Records in 1987 when he released his debut album, Rhyme Pays the second hip-hop album to carry an explicit content sticker after Slick Rick's Lottie Dottie. Which, not to go too deeply into this, but Lottie Dottie really is a single with Dougie Fresh where he was like beatboxing and uh, Slick Rick was rapping over it. So, it was kind of both of them together and it was just a single. So, it wasn't um, an album or anything, but obviously that single or that EP or whatever came with it obviously contained an explicit content sticker. So that was probably the first one, and then Ryan Pays was the second one. The following year, he founded the record label Rhyme Syndicate Records, named after his collective fellow hip-hop artist called the Rhyme Syndicate, and released another album, Power, which went on to go platinum. He also released several other albums that went gold. Now, back to what we were saying before, there is a lot of other stuff written here for Ice-T as far as his music career is concerned, but all the rest of the stuff that's related to Ice-T's music is about his rock band Body Count, 
which is totally different genres like we spoke about, heavy metal and hardcore punk. It won't be touched on or covered in this study or podcast, really. Um, it'll probably be brought up once more, but it won't. they won't be studied or anything. Um, the albums with them won't be included or anything like that. They weren't hip-hop in any type of way, so... But from what we did hear of Ice-T's music career, which was, you know, just the hip-hop stuff, um, you see, you know, he has the, the platinum record. Uh, he has a bunch of other records that have gone gold. And then you see kind of other stuff where you see only the second one to have an explicit content sticker. Now, I want to point out that we're seeing something a little bit here. The past couple of episodes, this has been touched on more than one time now. We had... Spoonie G, the godfather of hip-hop, or the godfather of rap, they call him, but he coined the term hip-hop. Um, they talked about how he basically was the predecessor for gangster rap. And then we had KRS-One, who basically, it's kind of the same thing said about him, where Spoonie G was kind of doing it in the late 70s and early 80s, only making like singles and stuff like that. And was like the predecessor for Gangsta Rap. But then you had KRS-One who came and started making albums and stuff to where that was what laid more of the groundwork of what would lead into Gangsta Rap kind of being more, I don't want to say commercial, but more so to a point where it was a style that was done and albums were made in these fashions and type of things like that. And now again here with Ice-T, we're seeing that he's only the second hip-hop album to carry an explicit content sticker. So, all of these things, I believe, were in 1987. As far as uh, Spoonie G's debut album, KRS-One's debut album, or, you know, at that time, Boogie Down Productions' debut album, and Ice-T's debut album. So, all in 1987. So, 1987 is really where you're starting to see things take a turn here. As far as what the general message is coming from the majority of hip-hop artists. Now, right now, the majority of it is still probably positive, clubby, funny, um, you know, your Will Smiths and your your Furious Five and your Sugar Hill Gang and, you know, uh, Run DMC and stuff like that. So it's not that gangster rap is your majority at this point in time, but you're starting to see these artists really take a turn in this year of 1987 where... You're starting to see artists start to to focus on that and build an image off that. And going forward from here, you are going to see big turns where the general consensus of what's going on in the hip-hop community is going to be more aggressive and more gangster and more, you know, things of that nature. So I just want to point out that here in 1987, we're really starting to see that turn happen. So Ice-T, um, you know, influential in his own way from what we can see off the bat in his background. Uh, let's go to his list. Tit random. And this is Ice-T, Don't Hate the Player. Yeah, man, we just sitting back, chilling. Bunch of players listening to the 7th Deadly Sin. Shout Dog is doing this thing with my nigga Ice-T. Don't fake the funk. Ice-T, baby. This goes out to all you haters out there Acting like a brother that did something wrong Cause he got his game tight Don't hate the player, hate the game Don't hate the player, hate the game Niggas sharpen your aim Every ball on the streets is searching fortune and fame Some come up, some get done up Except the twist If you're out for mega cheddar, you got to go high risk 
times I get illy. Cop back to nine milli. I choose not to bust. Smack your punk ass silly. Just bought a crib. It costs 2.5 milli. Swimming pool in my living room. I guess I'm a willy. I don't get high, so I don't split the fillies. Niggas say they gonna kill me, and I say, oh really? Hit my Kawasaki. I pull off on a willy. This is straight lace pimping. I know you hoes really. Okay, so. You have the hook is in the beginning, uh, the beginning of the song, and this is, you know, this is not going to be a rare thing in general at all, but so far it has kind of been a rare thing to where you actually have Ice-T doing a little bit more of spitting a whole bunch of different bars on this hook here. You have two rhymes in the first bar of the hook with game and aim, one syllable rhymes, every ball on the streets is searching for fortune and fame. Which is another one. So you have three rhymes on the first two bars of the hook. Just one syllable on the rhymes. Then on the next two bars of the hook, you have some come up, some get done up. A-A. Up and up are the same words. So you really just have come and done, which is one syllable on the rhymes, but two rhymes there. Except the twist B. If you out for mega cheddar, you gotta go high risk. B. So he has an A-A-B-B rhyme pattern there on the hook. Um, and he also has four rhymes and two bars, all one syllable on the rhymes. So the hook is not anything amazing to where it's going to raise this song. But I did just want to point out how up to this point in time, I'm not saying we've never had a hook like this, but most of the time it's either just instrumental hook or it's someone singing on the hook or it's just one line repeated or, you know, it's just two bars repeated or, you know, something along those lines or it's somebody hyping it up or something. This is one of the first times, at least in my podcast episodes, that we've had somebody kind of just spitting bars on the hook. Um, into the verse. Sometimes I get illy, cock back to nine milli. I choose not to bust, smack your punk ass silly. So you have three rhymes on the two bars, illy, milli, silly, which is two syllables on each rhyme. So... Above average stuff here a little bit. Just bought a crib. It costs 2.5 milli. Swimming pool in my living room. I guess I'm a willy. Now, a couple of things with this line. He already said milli. Now, I understand that this is short for million, but it is the same word. Uh, nonetheless, I won't nitpick at him too hard for that. But it is a random rhyme because he starts off with Sometimes I get illy, cock back to nine milli, I choose not to bust, smack your punk ass silly, and then goes into something totally random, just bought a crib, it costs 2.5 milli, which has nothing to do with anything that he said before. See how bar two played off of bar one, but bar three had absolutely nothing to do with bar two. Now, I'm not saying that every bar has to do with each other. That's not at all what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that he's losing points for this. I'm just pointing out in the last song with Rakim, every bar had something to do with each other. It was all about the same thing. They all led into each other well. So while Ice-T is not losing points for this rhyme being random, I just want to point out that he's not gaining points for keeping a specific topic. Um, and then the, the other line of swimming, swimming pool in my living room, I guess I'm a willy. It's a little bit of a reach to make a punchline. It's not really a great rhyme. You know, I'm, I'm sure he's referencing Free Willy, but it's not really a great rhyme. It's not terrible. Um, and it goes back to the same two-syllable rhyme pattern. But, you know, I wouldn't give him extra points for that line. They kind of cancel each other out to me 
I don't get high, so I don't split the Phillies. Niggas say they're going to kill me, and I say, oh, really? Now, there's a couple of things here. I don't get high, so I don't split the Phillies, again, is totally random. It has nothing to do with neither the bar before it or really any of the bars preceding it. So, again, I just want to point out that it's random. And then the next line, again, has nothing to do with the one before it, but he does continue on the same rhyme pattern. Now, for most of these bars, it's been either one or two rhymes each bar. In this, these last two right here, it's just Phillies in the first one, then it's Kill Me and Really in the second one. So he has three rhymes in those two bars. But what I want to point out here is how every bar has ended with the same rhyme pattern for a long time here. You have all his rhymes so far in six bars are Illy, Milly, Silly, Milly, Willy, Phillies, Kill Me, Really. Then he goes on to say, hit my kamikaze, I pull off a willy. This is straight lace pimp and I know you hoes feel me. Continues that rhyme pattern again. So we have like a, a decent amount of bars here where there's been a bunch of times where there's been more than one rhyme on, on a bar and every bar has ended with the same rhyme pattern here. And that is something to note because there have been a handful of times where some rappers have gone entire verses where they have kept that same rhyme pattern where he would go illy, milly, silly, milly, willy, fillies, really for the whole entire verse. And then I believe only once in hip hop history has it been done for an entire song. And that was yours truly sitting here doing the motherfucking podcast. <laughs> and if somebody else did do it, show it to me. Hopefully I did it first, but if not, I will definitely respect and appreciate the artistry on it because I don't know of anyone other than myself who has gone an entire song with keeping up that one rhyme pattern for the entire song. And not only that, but they were all four syllable rhymes the entire song. So not to get sidetracked, but I do want, I want to just point out why I'm making a big deal that he's gone this many bars with keeping the same Millie, silly, illy, willy rhyme pattern here. But again, just to, to talk about what he ended off with, it's just two totally random lines again. Hit my kamikaze, I pull off a willy. Has nothing to do with the line before it. And then this is Straight Lace Pimp and I know you hoes feel me. Really didn't have anything to do with what was going on in the song again either. So we're really seeing a lot of random lines here. But we're also seeing Ice-T do some good things with two syllables. And stretching out um, a, a rhyme pattern over a long period of time. And a lot of bars. See if he could keep that up for the rest of the verse. I come through, make the whole club petro. You might as well let go. I blast, make the whole club echo. You don't really wanna test the LA vet though. Most of my crew's on death row. The real, quick with the trigger, nice with the steel. Step into the kill zone, caps get peeled. You whack, you looking for a record deal. Bow down on second thought, punk bitch meal. Okay, so some more good stuff here. Um. Right off the bat, I want to say that, I want to note that again, that rhyme pattern is cut off with our next two bars here. So he says, I come through, make your whole club petrol. 
which doesn't rhyme with willy, silly, fillies, and all that. So he leaves that rhyme pattern. You might as well let go. A blast make the whole club echo. So we have three rhymes again in two bars and two syllables on each rhyme. So pretty decent stuff there. Those lines do lead into each other well. They do have to do with each other. They do make sense. Goes into, you don't really want to test an LA vet though. Most of my crew's on death row, the real. So a little play there to where he makes it work and he does something a little different because the first one says vet though. Then he says most of my crew's on death row, what rhymes with that. But then he throws in the real at the end of that bar. And he starts a whole new rhyme sequence because he wanted to indicate that he wasn't talking about death row the label. He's talking about the real death row. And then he goes on the next bar to say, quick with the trigger, nice with the steel, step into the kill zone, caps get peeled. So that goes back to real. Um, and he has just steel and peeled on those two. So just two rhymes in the two bars, just one syllable on each rhyme. But again, these bars right here have a lot more to do with each other and lead into each other a lot better than the first half of the verse. You whack, you looking for a record deal, bow down on second thought punk bitch Neil. So again, these are okay, these lead into each other well, but we only have, again, the two rhymes and the two bars and one syllables on the rhyme. So for the last four bars, very basic stuff of just one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. Um, nothing was really great or bad about those lines. They were basic, but they did lead into each other well, and they did make sense. There was no reaching. There was nothing that didn't make any sense, and there was nothing that was totally random. So I would say that verse kind of evens itself out. Um, it's probably just an average verse, but we are seeing Ice-T do some above average things here, just not necessarily consistently, not necessarily on every bar, and not necessarily on bars where there's not something else taking away from it. Okay, so a lot of things to talk about in this this first half of this verse right here. So he says, Don't hate because my game is much tighter than yours. My girl's finer than yours. My jewelry shine brighter than yours. So everything is then yours, which is fine. Not knocking that. I just want to point out that it's not four syllables on the rhymes. It's two. It's tighter, finer, brighter. But it is three two-syllable rhymes and two bars, so that's good. And it's pretty, it's pretty good lines. Um, they lead into each other while they make sense. They're that's definitely an above average two bars right there. You look me dead in my face, then you act like you don't see me. Then it's you want to be me. You hate my motherfucking guts. Now, the thing here is, I'm not gonna penalize him just for this one line. 
but it's probably not said in the right way. It probably should be, you hate my motherfucking guts, but at the same time, you want to be me. Not saying that line would fit. I'm just doing this right now off the top of my head. I'm just saying it could have been worded differently to where instead of him saying, you look me dead in my face, then you act like you don't see me. And then the beginning of the next bar rhyming with see me, be me, it's only C and B, so it's just a one syllable rhyme. But then the bar ends with you hate my motherfucking guts. Now, a couple of things could happen here. The next bar could end with a rhyme to guts, but then the bar after that would also have to rhyme with guts or else he would be off on his bar count. Or what he does is he goes back to what he did earlier where the beginning of his next bar is licking nuts, which rhymes with guts, and then it ends in what's the deal? It's a level playing field. So he's doing one of those things where he's rhyming the bar with itself as a way out of being off in his bar count. But the problem is, he then goes on to say, my game's against yours, hustling wars. Roll the dice, risk your motherfucking life. So now again, he's only rhyming the bars with themselves, and they're not rhyming the preceding or following bars, and his bar count is still off now. We haven't noticed it yet, because the one bars are just rhyming with each other which have been yours, wars, dice, life, feel, deal, nuts, guts, all one-syllable rhymes. Um, again, he wouldn't lose points for this because his first verse was more good than bad. And on top of that, he does have two rhymes per bar here, but the bars aren't really rhyming with each other. And we haven't noticed that his bar count is off yet because he's rhyming the bars with each other. But then he goes in to say... Bank rolls and low hoes, anything goes, which is three rhymes in that bar. Riding rolls in a week, clap a nigga who speaks. So again, he does it where that just rhymes with itself. There's two rhymes with week and speaks on the second bar. And he had rolls, low hoes, goes, which is actually four rhymes on the one before it. But I'm predicting that in some point when we pick up where we left off, his bar count is either going to be off to where he's going to have to end it in a fashion where the last rhyme only rhymes with itself, or he's going to have to do a thing where three bars in a row rhyme instead of just two or four because he's off here. So let's see what he does. I'm succeeding and trying to keep from bleeding in the lane. Crystal meth, XTC, and crack cocaine. Got a nigga trying to figure out the best route. I got cops in my review too, but I'll shoot. Every bitch I meet is fucking up to something. Take a nigga to the crib, lay him down and start dumping. Gas pumping, they'll kill your ass for a G. Hate the game, motherfucker, don't hate me. Don't hate the player, hate the game, nigga. Sharpen your aim. Every ball on the streets is searching fortune in vain. Some. Okay, so actually, ironic enough, what he did here was he has, I'm succeeding in trying to keep from bleeding, which is AA in the lane, B, and succeeding and bleeding are two syllables, crystal meth, FCC, and crack cocaine. So cocaine is B. So he has an AABB rhyme pattern there, and four rhymes in two bars, and two of the four rhymes are two syllables. But that's two bars that rhyme with each other, so his count is still off. Got a nigga trying to figure out the best route. So you got two two-syllable rhymes there, and an AA, and then a B. Root is B. I got cops in my rear view, too, but I'll shoot. 
So then he has another CC back to B. So you have AA, root is B, view 2 is CC, shoot is B. So you got six rhymes in two bars, and you have an AABCCB rhyme pattern, which I believe we saw Will Smith do. I think Will Smith was the first one to do that, but still, it's only been done by one other person up to this point, and it is an impressive thing here. So more good stuff here from Ice-T, but again, it winds up with the two bars that rhyme with each other, so his count is still off. Then he goes in with, Every bitch I meet is fucking up to something. Take a nigga to the crib and lay him down and start dumping. Now, those bars really have nothing to do with each other. Only one rhyme per bar, which is something and dumping. And it's two rhymes, two syllables on the rhyme. Then from there, he goes on to get pumping, which rhymes with dumping and something before it. They'll kill your ass for a G. Hate the game, motherfucker. Don't hate me. Now, those lines lead into each other fine and make sense, but the lines before it didn't really have anything to do with each other. So, we're seeing kind of a back and forth pattern here where, again, I'm not saying the whole song has to be about the same thing or every bar has to be about the same thing, but you do see him get a little random at times, and then at times you do see him do, you know, two or three syllables on a rhyme or four or six rhymes in a two-bar thing. Um, But as far as his bar count being off... He really just ignored it, and he went into his hook remaining off with the bar count. So he's either going to just finish the song where it's going to be on kind of an off note, which is kind of hard to explain what I mean. If you if you rap and or you sing or whatever and you understand what I'm saying, he's not on the even number of bars here, which is, you know two bars, four bars, six bars, you don't really ever end on a seventh bar or, you know, things like that, um, which is what he's in right now. I don't know what he's going to do in the third verse. He's either going to have three bars that rhyme and then go on to something else, or he'll have two bars that rhyme and then one bar that just rhymes with itself and then go on to something else. He could just stay off in his bar count. Um, I don't know what he's going to do, so let's get into the third verse and see how that goes. Come on, Okay, so again, this is a lot more give and take from Ice-T, which I feel like we've probably seen a lot of in this song. Um, you really you really don't know what you're going to get from bar to bar for Ice-T. We've seen, you know, four bars in a row that were just simple, one syllable, one rhyme per bar. Um, we've seen times where he had an A, A, B, C, C, B rhyme pattern, and he had, you know, six rhymes in a bar. We've seen a bunch of times where he's had uh, two syllables on the rhyme. We've seen it, you know, at a point where he's been off with his bar count for a while here. So, um, a little bit of up and down all over the place from Ice-T. Yo, my name will sell better than rap like the Acropolis. Suckers might as well step back. There ain't no stopping this. Now he has an A-B-A-B rhyme pattern there. You have, yo, my name will sell better than rap A like the Acropolis B. Suckers might as well step back A. There ain't no stopping this B. So Acropolis 
and stopping this is three syllables on the rhyme. So you got four rhymes and two bars in ABAB rhyme pattern and two of the four rhymes are three syllables. Whack magazines who tried and tried to top in this, which it's two syllables on the rhyme there because it's only topping and it really doesn't make sense. Whack magazines who tried and tried to top in this, it really should be who tried to top this or you tried and there wasn't no top in this. It just could be worded a lot better. Um, it's not really a great rhyme. It's two syllables on the rhyme, but you know, other than that, it almost, it's not that it doesn't make sense because I understand what he's trying to say, but the way that he said it doesn't make sense. Then he goes on to say, I still got more Lexus and Gators on my shopping list. Nothing really wrong with that line. Um, and he goes back to the three syllable rhyme pattern. Only the one, the one rhyme on the bar. But again, it was three syllables. Um, three out of those four lines were probably above average. And then he just had the one line that didn't really make any sense. And it was a reach. Then he goes on to say, make a fist. Take your best shot. I bet you'll drop it, kid. Hit more licks than you and never caught a bid. So he keeps the the same three syllable rhyme pattern of topping this, shopping list, drop it kid. And then he's saying hit more licks than you would never caught a bid. So now he changes it to just a one syllable rhyme there, but it still is, you know, the same rhyme pattern, just only one syllable instead of three. But it's a pretty decent line there because he's saying hit more licks than you would never caught a bid. So he's kind of insinuating that like, you know, I brought up earlier how we're in 1987 and you're starting to see a little bit more gangster rap type of stuff here. And this is probably around a time where people started using, you know, their rap sheet or their crime sheet or the amount of jail sentences that they did as kind of, you know, a measuring stick for some type of street cred of like, oh, how long did you do? You know what I'm saying? He's kind of saying, I did more crime than you and less jail time than you kind of type of thing where I, you know, I hit more licks than you and never caught a bit. You're basically, he's, you know, he's kind of shitting on people. You're basically bragging about being caught. I'm bragging about doing the shit and not getting caught. So that's a pretty good line there. Um, make the world go crazy. They said about the pig, bald headed hoes, step back, bitch, go and cop a wig. So now there's a couple of things being referenced here. When he says make the whole world go crazy, they said about the pig. I'm sure he's referencing his uh, his song Killer Cops or whatever it was um, about killing police, which there was a major uproar about. So make the whole world go crazy, they said about the pig. And then he goes into bald-headed hoes, step back, bitch, go and cop a wig, which has nothing to do with the line before it at all, but I'm sure that he's referencing Willie D's bald-headed hoes song. But again, they have nothing to do with each other and it's just pig and wig. Just two uh, two rhymes in the two bars, one syllable on the rhyme. Um, basic stuff, not really great lines there, but I did just want to point out what he's talking about from anybody that might not really know why he's saying what he's saying. Would make the whole world go crazy. They said about a pig, ball-headed hoe, step back, bitch, go and cop a wig. Those are the two things that I'm assuming he's referencing. It doesn't really matter either way. They're not great rhymes. Uh, very simplistic. They're not bad. They're not terrible. He's not going to lose points. But just more of the same pattern of how we see a give and take from Ice-T here from Bar to Bar. When I do a show, best believe it's rock. Every night I pack my straps. Best believe they cop. Some bitch talks crazy, then that bitch gets socked. If a man steps up, 
hate to play, I hate the game, nigga. Sharpen your aim. Every bar on the streets is searching fortune and fame. Some come up, some get done up, except the twist. If you have a mega channel, to go high risk. Don't hate the player, hate the game, nigga. Sharpen your aim. Okay, so we found out that he did just ride out with the entire rest of the song being off on bar count. Now, it really is a difficult thing to explain for people that don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm sure most people that make music would know what I'm talking about. Um, if you can't hear it, I, I apologize. It's, it's something for me where I wouldn't have to sit here and analyze it. I would just hear it. I would just know that that his, his bar count was off. Um, and it would irk me. It would irk me the entire song. Now, that's not to say that it irks everybody because some people probably don't hear it and some people probably hear it and don't care. They don't give a shit. But just from a technical standpoint, it irks me and it's obviously not correct. I mean, you know, this is like you copying music that you're playing off of, you know, a spreadsheet and you're hitting the wrong note and somebody's saying, hey, you're hitting the wrong note here. And you're like, yeah, I know. Well, I like this better. And they're saying, okay, that's fine at another time. But right now you have to copy the sheet and you keep hitting the wrong note. What you're doing is wrong. You know, preference is preference and that's fine. But I'm leaving opinions and preferences and all that type of stuff out of here. What he did there was wrong. Um, the bar count was off for almost half of the song. Um, getting into the rhymes for the second half of of his last verse when I do a show best believe it dropped every night I got my straps best believe they cocked so you got the two one syllable rhymes in the two bars um you know just average simple rhymes here some bitch talks crazy then that bitch gets socked if a man steps up then he too gets dropped again one syllable one rhyme per bar very simple stuff there's nothing great about these lines um the only really positives that I can give about these lines is that they're relatively original in the fashion that he seems to not give a fuck with the things that he's saying. And, you know, I don't give a fuck if a bitch runs up, then she's getting hit too kind of thing where I'm not following the fucking rules. Um, but the lines themselves, as far as the technicality with hip hop, they're just very simple, very basic lines and they're not great. Um, fuck the cops. I'm still folding fat knots. Catch me on the weekend floating my yacht. So you got three rhymes in the two bars there as opposed to just two. Still only one syllable on the rhyme. Um, say ice kicks him game and I'll teach you a lot. Knock your bitch no matter how hard you block. So again, same thing. Three one syllable rhymes on the last two bars. And then that goes into the hook that fades out. Um, as far as how this song was scored, that was probably an average song because... A lot of the times that he did something above average, it was either followed or preceded by something below average. And I, I would say that technically, there was probably a little bit, I shouldn't say technically, lyrically, there was probably a little bit more good than bad in that song. Because more times than not, he had more than one rhyme on the bar and more times than not, it was more than one syllable. But a lot of times it also was only one rhyme per bar or one syllable per rhyme. And on top of that, the bar count was off for a pretty long period of time, which it's just weird and inexcusable for me. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head if Ice-T did that often. Um, I don't believe he did because I'm sure if he did that often, it would have been something that was, that was written down. But um, it did happen in this song and I just want to point that out. So 
I think most of the stuff that we saw in that song kind of evened itself out. There was little bits of above average, little bits of below average. Um, that was probably scored as an average song. You know, it wasn't one of Ice-T's hits or his most popular songs. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily about one thing where a specific topic was kept. There was a lot of random rhymes. Um, it wasn't like a story or anything like that, anything super original or nothing like that. So that was really a pretty average song across the board aside from little ups and downs that we had. So here's what I wrote down for Ice-T when I was studying Ice-T. Ice-T in general was pretty average in most categories across the board. Lyrically, he was just below average as he seemed to be able to keep a topic decently, but was inconsistent with bars, and although he didn't have many amazing lines, he didn't have all that many weak ones either. Again, as far as albums were concerned, of Iceberg's eight albums that qualified for the hip-hop study, four were average borderline good, and four were good borderline average. Although he didn't have any great songs, and he only had five good ones, through 153 songs, only two of them were weak. Ice-T is a pretty household name whether it be from acting or rapping. Although his impact wasn't as huge as some as far as hip-hop is concerned, he did influence artists like Nas, DMX, Vanilla Ice, Pusha T, Big L, Jay-Z, Tupac, and more. Ice-T, for the most part, did his own thing and had his own message he wanted to relay. He also was one of the first rappers to do a full album with a hardcore metal rock band, his own band, Body Count. So now, I said to you that Body Count would probably be brought up one last final time in this thing, and there you have it. Um, again, I like to give these guys credit for being artists, not just rappers, although that is what we're studying. Again, any of his group's Body Count albums did not count in any way towards this because they weren't hip-hop albums. Um, but it, it does say something for his originality as, as a person. It says something for his originality as a person. You have, you know, your originality with your image. You have your originality with your message. You have your originality with your rhyme style. You have your originality as a person. You have your originality with your song topics. There's many, many things that go into originality. So as far as originality as a person, that helped his case. Um, let's get into the math with that being said. Lyrics, he gets a four and a half which is just below average. Albums 3.42 with zero classics. Song score is minus 0.13, as we alluded that he didn't have any great songs, um, but he did only have two weak ones, you know, through 153 songs. So that minus is a very minuscule score, 0.13, which is, you know, hardly anything at all, but it is a little bit of a minus. Impact, he gets a six. Um... You know, he lacked in some areas of impact to where it wasn't overly amazing, but made up for it in some others. Um, and there was some, you know, a decent amount of big names on his list of people that he influenced. So he does get an above, definitely an above average score and impact of a six. And originality, he gets a six and a half. Again, a pretty decent amount above average there. You know, it was a little bit of everything with Ice-T as far as that's concerned. Uh... It was his message, it was his image, uh, you know, he had the hardcore punk band, and again, not the most original character, not a Bismarcky, not an ODB, or, you know, somebody along those lines, but definitely above average with his originality. Um, you add all those up, you divide by five, you get a final score of 4.06, which leaves him in drum roll, please. <laughs> 
77th place of 114 artists done. So, not a top finish for Ice-T. Um, again, he kind of rode around average for most things. You see a little bit of a minus score in the, in the song category. A little below average on the lyrical. A little above average on impact. Above average on originality. So... Again, I know it doesn't look great, 77 of 114, but, I, you know, I think he's going to be somewhere near, a little bit closer to the middle when this is all said and done. Um, I think there's going to be a fair amount of people that probably finish behind him that we haven't gotten to yet. So, um, again, big shout out to I Ice-T, man. Ice-T is a legendary name in the hip-hop industry for more reasons than one. Um, I personally am fully entertained by some of Ice-T songs. I won't say that I'm an Ice-T fan. Uh, I love colors. Me and my boy are always fucking around and just, we just randomly say colors to each other. Um, so again, a legendary dude in the game. We're still early on here. We're through 30 artists. We're in 1987, but we're starting to see some, some trends being set here by some, you know, iconic names that are going on here. Again, not the greatest finish, 77th place, but, um, you know, everybody knows who Ice-T is one way or the other. So now that those scores are dished out, let's get into the current list. So we are still in April, obviously. Um, we're still doing the top 25%. So we're at, today marks 30 artists done. I brought that up earlier. So we're at 30 artists done. So the top 25% will be right in between 7 and 8. So I'm going to let the 8 slot hang on here for now. I was always taught to round up. So we're at like a 7.5. I'll let 8 stay. Um, next week, it's obviously going to stay at 8 as we'll probably be at about 32 or 33 people done, give or take. Now, if any of those people finish in front of who we have an 8th right now, then he'll be knocked out. So let's see if he can hang on next week. For now, number 8 will still be in here. Uh, our current top 25% of our final list done so far is at the top we have KRS-One who's in 6th place of 114 artists done. As we said he was the first artist to crack the top 10 so far. Behind him we have Rakim who's in ninth place of 114 artists done and he is only the second artist to crack the top 10 so far. So you have our first two artists right there to crack our top 10. And Rakim boots Rev Run back one more slot. As we had Rev Run in the top, he was booted out by KRS-One. And now he's slid back to third by Rakim. Like I just said, behind him we have Rev Run of Run DMC who's in 12th place of 114 artists done. Directly behind him we have LO Cool J in 13th place of 114 artists done. Just behind him in 15th place of 114, we have Will Smith. Just behind Will Smith is DMC of Run DMC, who's tied for 17th of 114 artists done. Behind him, we have Chuck D of Public Enemy, who's in 24th of 114 artists done. And like I said, hanging on to that last spot that we'll let stay in there today is Cool Mode D, who's in 26th of 114 artists done. So... Just to run that back, we have KRS-One, Rakim, Revron, LL Cool J, Will Smith, DMC, Chuck D, and Cool Mo D. And that is your top 25% of the final list of artists covered on this podcast so far. So big extra shout out to those artists. Um, 
We're only going to name eight again next week, so we'll see if Kumo D can hang in there or if somebody next week is going to push him out and go in front of him. We've also been doing the top 10% lyrically, and this is now going to be a top three as today marks the day we are officially at 30 artists done. So in your top lyrical spot, in your number one spot, we still have KRS-One at a lyrical score of seven. Behind KRS-One, we have two people tied for second place, which is Will Smith and Rakim, both at a six and a half. We spoke about how Will Smith was kind of more of a six and a half slash six, and Rakim is more of a six and a half slash seven. So out of the two, I would say Rakim is the better lyricist, but they both fall on a six and a half. Will Smith had his debut album out before Rakim, which is why I have Will Smith's name listed first. But again, they fall in the same bracket. Rakim probably a little bit better lyrically than Will Smith, but they are where they belong. Um, if you'd like to see the full list, Give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast, all spelt normally. Um, we have the donation button on the anchor profile, which is www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes, all spelt normally. Appreciate anybody who hits that button, of course. Um, this was episode 12. That's pretty much it, man. I want to talk about who will be on next week. On episode 13, it will be MC Shan and Heavy D. So, not as big of an episode as the past couple of weeks, but I'm sure most hip-hop heads do know who both of these two names are. And I will say, without giving away too much, that the results of next week may be a little bit of, of a shock to people in both ways. So, I don't know. I guess it depends on where you expect MC Shan and Heavy D to finish, if you'll be shocked or not. But I do think it's one of those things where, again, people are going to be like, yeah, man, really? You know? Yeah. I stand by my results. Um, open to debate any of them with anybody if you would like to do it. Um, and that concludes this episode. That's episode 12. I will see you next week for episode 13. Peace. Tell of the tapes. Might as well.